Hi, and welcome to Real Talk with Rachel, with my wife, Rachel Gilbert. Did you know that God has a unique call on your life? But things like fear, insecurities, and lies keep us from experiencing God's best. This podcast will consist of real talk about real life with real people. We pray that every episode brings you one step closer to your original design so you can confidently pursue your God-given dreams. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert, and today I have my very special friend, Kendra Hunt, here with me today, and I actually got to interview her in person. A lot of my interviews tend to be over the computer, and it's so fun when I get to do it in person because it gets very real, and I wish you could have been in the room with me and Kendra before we hit record because the things that we were laughing at For example, she asked me, why do you wear headphones whenever you record these podcasts? And I said, I don't know. They just told me to wear headphones, so I wear the headphones. I've since done some research and figured out why. So yeah, you know, I just have to share those kinds of stories with you to be real about the fact that I seriously have no idea what I'm doing most days when it comes to all the things you see me doing online and running businesses and raising kids. But thank God, he always gives me the next step and he sends the people into my life who do know what they're doing and who can come alongside me and fill in the gaps where I am weak. And so that's a lot of what Kendra and I actually talked about today in this interview are just how so many of the things that both of us are doing now. She's now an associate pastor at Gateway Church and she just never would have dreamed that she'd be doing this. But she continued to give God her yes, and he has blessed those yeses. So let's just go ahead and jump right into the fun conversation I had with Kendra Hunt. Hey, Kendra, how are you? I am doing great. So good to be here with you. I'm excited to have you here. I wish that everybody listening could be in the room with us right now because we've had all kinds of giggles. <laughs> yes, <laughs> trying to get it all out. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so before we jump into the things we want to talk about today, I would love it for you to just kind of introduce yourself. Okay. I am married to my high school sweetheart, and we have two boys, a 13-year-old and an 11-year-old. I am an associate pastor of women's at the South Lake campus for Gateway Church. I do some writing and um, love time with women and love, uh, I know our connection is fitness, so I do love to be active. Yeah, I'm excited for both of us really kind of to share how God used fitness to get us doing some of the things we're doing today. But I feel like I just want everybody to know that Kendra is one of those people that she challenges me every time I'm around her in a good way. We we both challenge each other, and you are one of those people that has definitely um, been an integral part of my life and my journey, and so I'm excited that they're going to get to hear some of your story today, too. Yeah. So you mentioned fitness is kind of how you got started. Share that piece. So uh, we came to Gateway um, in 2003 or four, and uh, didn't have kids yet. And my husband was a youth pastor, and I was super involved in the youth ministry. And when I was pregnant with my first child, I kind of stepped away from youth ministry because I had this little person and felt very lost. Even as a pastor's wife, I, I know a lot of people think pastor's wives have all these friends and they're connected to everyone, but I felt like I was on an island. And I had a second son who had some 
issues. He was born cleft palate and uh, just needed some friends and had a pastor that really pushed me to start a group. And so all I could think was, I'm not sleeping at night. I'm a little bit bitter. I'm not sure I should lead a Bible study. I haven't slept enough. And I had a certification of fitness. So we talked about starting a fitness group. And that's what I did. I started a women's Wednesday morning uh, fitness group here at Gateway. From there, I had our first week and I was so excited. I thought every all my friends said, you love fitness, we're so excited. And then none of my friends came. <laughs> they were all busy. Their lives weren't um, sinking in schedule wise. And God brought all these new women I had never met, um, like you. All kinds of women that uh, came to the group, and he really spoke to my heart, even in my lack of sleep and my bitterness, to um, share a word with a lady that was there. And honestly, it scared me. I didn't know her, and the word was really specific, and I didn't obey, and I didn't share the word. But when I got home, I thought, you know, it's easier to write it out. So I emailed her the word, and she came back to group the next week and said, that was so amazing. It's exactly what I needed to hear when I needed to hear it. And all the women in the group said, well, what did you send her? What did she get that we didn't get? And so I told them and then they all wanted to know what I was sending. So I started sending a weekly devotional based on that one word that I gave the one woman. And every week I started sending those words. So that's kind of how I got started with women's ministry. How many weeks did you send that, that weekly devotional? Do you know? Um, I sent it, we had groups during the school season. So it started in August, took a little Christmas break and went through May and I did it for about eight years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if I even really realized that. So then now share with us what ended up happening with all those weekly devotionals that you would send each week. So um, I have a phenomenal husband who uh, was the the youth pastor, and he's always kept me very involved in getting his messages together. And as I was sending out uh, these emails, I would kind of share with him, like I said, I wasn't sleeping. It was a hard season. I was leaning hard on the Lord and sometimes wondered, is what I'm sending crazy? And so I would send it to him and he would totally confirm it. So I started copying him on all those emails. Um, and so he had all the emails of the devotions I was sending each week. And after several years, he was praying at the altar with a lady who was in my group. And she mentioned to him that she loved my devotionals that I sent out every week. And she wished she had them all. She'd only been in the group for like a year and she knew I had been doing it for like four years. And it really sparked something in him that he should put together a book of everything I had sent and that's what he did without me knowing he uh, put everything together and had it put together as a book and so it created a devotional uh, of all the things I've sent to women or I guess maybe the best of what I've sent to women over the years and what was the name of that book it's called encouragement between loads of laundry because sometimes that's the only time you have <laughs> yeah I love that book and you can people can buy that on Amazon right they can they can get it on Amazon it's um, it's in the gateway bookstore also is it on your website as well or? it is I've got a website slash blog uh, that's www.kendraannwithane.com it's a okay. long name I'm sorry. yeah <laughs> and we'll put that in the show notes so you don't have to remember it but you know the thing that I just absolutely love about that story is that your book came from 
simple act of obedience of sending a devotional each week. Like that to me blesses me. And then also it blesses me that your husband is the one who said that needs to be in a book and did that for you. So that's really, really cool. Um, Just so y'all know, too, the intro on this podcast, her husband is the one who did. Obviously, it's my husband's voice, but her husband is the one who um, put that together. And he's super talented, amazing guy. And so that's, I love that. that. Yeah, 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 that's him. Okay, so then moving on. So when did God say, okay, you're not supposed to do the fitness thing anymore? You know, um, I really probably did the fitness thing almost past what I should have done. Mm -hmm. I ended up coming under some leadership at Gateway that just really spoke into my life and let me know that I needed to raise up leaders. I had this feeling that this group was so great because God was doing it through me and really God had other women in the group he wanted to raise up and I just wasn't sharing the load. I was taking on everything. I was doing attendance. I was doing the prayers. I was... Uh, recording prayers and doing the exercise and I just had some really great women say you need to raise up some leaders and when I started looking around and praying about raising up leaders I realized there were so many women that were actually going to do it better than me Mm -hmm. and that's when I I felt like I had the release to let that group go and do other things. Okay, you just said something there that really jumped out to me, that there's probably so many more women who are going to do it better than me. I feel like that's a huge thing, and it shows a really healthy leader whenever we can look at somebody who has maybe more gifting, or not, I don't even know if it's more gifting, but more even capacity or whatever right. at that season might be. But for us to be able to say, actually, you're going to do it better than me, because I don't know if you've seen this, but sometimes it's the whole, the old eat the young like you know when when the new people start coming up instead of being excited yeah. about it sometimes leader can be leaders can be threatened by that yeah so do you have any i don't even know if it's advice or whatever in that department of how to mm. raise up leaders rather than squash them yeah well i mean a lot of what i know is based on leadership i've sat under like i said i was leading this group lonely only slightly burn out and they were saying look around you have a huge group there's leaders in there they're just lost um, so I think when you're leading anything in life looking around for someone that you can spend a little bit more time with and let them see how you lead a little closer let them process why you're leading the way you're leading let them in on those beginning prayers before you're getting started asking what they love their strengths their passions and figuring out that a lot of the things you don't even like leading in the group, there is someone who wishes they could do it. They just didn't know because you're not communicating that. So I think just really being sensitive to the fact that as a leader, you're wanting to look for leaders, not followers. Mm, That's good. As a leader, we want to look for leaders, not followers. That's such a good reminder. How do you think that teaching fitness prepared you for what you're doing today? Let's see. You know... I think I learned a lot of skills and just time with so many different women. My fitness group was a lot of women that don't want to come to church Mm -hmm. or their husbands don't want to come to church. And I kind of got almost out of my church bubble, even though I was leading in the church. So I think I learned a lot of lessons and got a lot of one-on-one time with women um, that want a deeper walk. So believe it or not, I feel like some mentoring in my fitness group was happening, Mm -hmm. even though it was a fitness group. So many things came out of there. 
Um, and also, I had such a diverse group. I had a lot of young people. I had a lot of young moms. But then I had a lot of older women and empty nesters. Um, and I think it allowed me to just kind of get a taste of different seasons of life. Yeah, that's so, so good. I love what you said about with fitness that so many different relationships you were able to do a lot of cultivating with. Because I don't know about you, but teaching fitness, I found for some reason when people move their bodies, it like opens up their, <laughs> and maybe you didn't, I don't know if you've noticed that or not, but it opens up this spiritual side of them, but they just become, it's like it removes a veil. And yeah. so that's pretty cool to see that. So my own personal story with, and in case some of you listening don't know this about me, feeling led to share it with the fitness is that for me, God used fitness to bring me outside my shell to even consider speaking in front of a group of people. Mm. I remember the very first fitness class I taught, I happened to just be working out at the gym and they were like, hey, we need some more instructors. Would you consider teaching? Which I had my degree in exercise physiology, but I never thought, oh, I'll teach with this. I thought I'll do something behind the scenes, one-on-one where nobody (laughs) can see me kind of a thing. And I was so terrified of it because I just didn't want to be in front of people. Oh. I, you know, had a ter- I did not want to speak. No. I yes. was just, no, don't look at me. And so I kind of became known as the drill sergeant um, because I was such a hard instructor. And I realized now when I look back at that, I was such a hard instructor because I wanted people not focused on me. I wanted them to be like mm. gasping so bad for air that they were, That's good. they didn't even look or <laughs> notice that I was there. And so I kind of crack up about that now, but, but really I look back and I'm like, Oh, the Lord was just preparing me mm-hmm. to be comfortable to do some of the things I'm doing today. Cause I am now in front of people a lot, yeah. and I had to get used to that. And I love that he did that. So I share that story in case you're listening and you can relate to you feel called to something maybe bigger or something different down the road, but even the little things appear to be maybe a little right in front of you right now, um, those little small steps of obedience are actually preparing you right. for the things that are to come. So I love that. Um, and now you are teaching, so you've written this book, mm-hmm. and that came from, again, those little acts of obedience yeah, yeah. <laughs> of weekly just sitting down to do it and sharing what the Lord was telling you. With no thought or yeah. plan of anything else. Yeah. Um, and so now you actually teach to the WILD Women, which stands for Women in Leadership Development, for those of you who aren't familiar with that course, um, on writing, right? Yeah, I do. I had not actually attended wild in the traditional sense. I had the ability to go to a weekend retreat. And, you know, it just goes back to part of my story. I had that book, that devotional written, and it was printed and it was under my bed. And I went out to this wild retreat over the weekend. And on Saturday night, they did a prophetic time. And I got called out from the stage saying, you have a book, you have a book to write. Now, they were a little bit wrong. I already wrote it. (laughs) I actually had the book under my bed. And in that instance, I got called out very publicly in front of hundreds of women. And after that experience, then uh, one of the campuses contacted me and said, you know, we do wild and we would love for you to teach the writing portion. And I was sick, just Mm -hmm. like you starting Mm -hmm. leading aerobics. I was sick to my stomach. But I knew I was supposed to do it. I knew I was supposed to sit down. And really, as a leader, I'm learning, you really have to sit down and pause and document why something works. If you want to create another leader and you want to allow them to do something you're doing well, you have to figure out how you did it, how you did it well. And so 
being asked to teach that class forced me to figure out how did I write? It was simple acts of obedience, but there were steps. Anything you do, there's steps. And it caused me to really take the time to say, how did I do this so that I could share it with other women? And now it's my favorite thing to do is to teach that class. It's my most favorite favorite piece of the ministry. Yeah. Are there any of those, I know you can't teach the whole class right now, but are there any, a couple of your favorite practical tips from the class that you could share with somebody who might feel led to write? You know, um, I think one thing I would share is that there's never going to be time to write. Mm. Uh, A lot of people see social media and see authors that they're following and see them in fuzzy slippers with their cup of coffee and on the perfect snowy day writing and it's never going to work that way Mm -hmm. you know the enemy doesn't want you to write down things god is saying he's gonna constantly put things in your way and throw things on your calendar and um, cause you to feel an urgency to do anything but write what god is speaking so one of my biggest tips is to start now to use your calendar to be intentional Uh, with technology you can use your voice recorder You know, I joke all the time with the ladies that I teach. I have all these beautiful notebooks with just beautiful flowers on the front and all these amazing sayings. And I find myself in my car reaching for a SpongeBob notebook and it works. It's not my ideal. It's not the picturesque, but it doesn't matter as long as I'm taking the time to write down what is God saying. Yeah. I want to take a moment to share about a faith-based premium apparel company that gives back to charities with every order that I absolutely adore called Glory Active. If you follow me on social media, you know I love to exercise and teach group fitness classes. And when I'm not exercising, I like to be comfortable but still cute. Glory Active is a company that fuses faith with activewear to make a super soft clothing line I know you'll love as much as I do. Right now, my listeners can get $10 off your first order of $25 or more on gloryactive.com when you use code FIRSTORDER10. Again, you'll get $10 off using FIRSTORDER10, and that's FIRST in order and the number 10 on gloryactive.com. So don't miss out. It's only for a limited time. I personally live in their slouchy tees, their tanks, and capris. So I'm excited for you to give them a try at gloryactive.com. Now, do you have a background in English or anything like this? No, I do not. I I mean, I I did well in Mm -hmm. school, but my degree is in accounting. Mm -hmm. And I've got accounting and some Bible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how do you then, and I guess I'm asking this question for myself, and I, <laughs> and I think that probably some of my listeners can relate. I am a math mind, yet I feel called to write a book. So then how, what is your advice to people in that regard of maybe grammar isn't your strong suit? Or, right. you know, you never dreamed that God would drop this piece on your heart to do. Yeah. So, you know, maybe you're not called to write a book, or maybe you don't even feel necessarily called to do writing, but I think we all can relate to this general premise of when God calls you to something Mm -hmm. that you're like, wait a second, I don't have the skill set for that. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You know, and one thing I talk about when I teach the class is I don't even enjoy writing. Mm. I don't think it's fun. And so I think a lot of people really feel like the things I'm supposed to be doing are the things I think are fun. And I don't think God cares. I think he wants you to get the word out and speak to his people. And He's going to use you one way or the other. So I do think if you think it's not your strength, wonderful. God is amazing at working in your weakness. So if writing is your weakness, uh, don't cross it out because he's bigger than that. He knows what your strengths and weaknesses are. 
Um, I would definitely say um, if you can find a friend, if you have a friend that likes to write, finding a friend. Um, I have a very close friend that reads a lot of what I write and will just work with me on showing me things I do consistently incorrect. Um, Google is your friend. Mm -hmm. Google, you know, you don't have to have everything memorized and every where do commas go and, you know, when do I need a semicolon and is this a run on? There's so many apps and things you can use, Grammarly, things you can use online that will help you if you feel that strong of a weakness. Yeah. So that's such an interesting thought you said. I've never heard somebody say that you don't consider writing fun. Yeah. But I think that's interesting and yeah. a little bit liberating because especially when you're trying to sit down for a project, it can feel a little bit, it's hard. It is hard. I'm an extrovert. I love people. I love being outside and writing can't be done in a group. I mean, you can yeah. do creative things, but if it's, you know, something that's your work, you have to purpose to do it. Mm -hmm. You really do. Yeah. Do you believe that people need to sit down like the same time, make a schedule for your writing, or are you more fly by the seat of your pants kind of person with that? Um, I think it's okay to be a little fly by the seat of your pants because I think God speaks in very different moments mm -hmm. depending on your life circumstances. There are times I felt really confused, like, Lord, I couldn't be any more busy, and I feel like you're speaking the most. Mm -hmm. um, if you're working on your writing for um, some consistency and a purpose, or you have a deadline, I think you need a little bit more of a plan. Yeah. A little more set out. Um, it can be a specific time, but I'm not big on leaving it to the last minute, because mm -hmm. when you're rushing, you mess up the message. The message isn't the same as when you have time to process it's like your devotion time. You you need that time. You can't be like, I'm in a hurry. I have two seconds and gone. Um, I do think there's some consistency to making writing well, you yeah. know, to doing it well. Yeah, that's such good advice. So one thing that you hit on earlier, and I feel like I see a theme in your life, and I've seen the same theme in my life, is that at some point, a woman, you know, who was further along than us in whatever area it was, called something out of you and said, actually... I think you need to raise up leaders. Actually, you're mm -hmm. supposed to write this book. Actually, you know, they call these things out. I know that's a big deal to you. Tell me a little bit more about how that's those types of women have impacted you and then how we can turn and do it for other people. I feel like everything I've done in my world, I've been called out by a woman mm. who's called something out of me, whether it was starting my fitness group, which came out of need. Mm -hmm. Not, it didn't come out of, they looked at me and said, you're the most amazing girl for the job. She said, you are stating a need. I think you should fill it. And I was willing. Um, and then when it was time to uh, find someone to take over the fitness group, it was, you are capable of raising up leaders. Am I really? Okay, I am. And she called that out of me so that I could find more leaders. You know, when I, I helped with the PTA, I had two ladies that said, we know you have some space. They, they knew my world, they knew my capacity, and I probably would have never nominated myself to be on an executive board. And yet it was one of the best experiences I've ever had. And they weren't church women. These were just women that were like, we see this in you and we think you could help our team. Um, and now in the role I'm in now, um, you know, I have just really great oversight that you know, I put myself in a box and she's like, that's not all you are. There's more to that. So I definitely see that I want my life to be one where I am looking at women 
appreciating the things that they do well and calling it out, calling out the things they don't see. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. Do you feel like in order to do that, you have to be placed in their life in a certain position or can you just kind of know those women and you'll do that with them? Does that question make sense? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it depends. I would say it depends on the circumstance. That very first word I gave to someone in my group mm-hmm. was calling out how well she mothered. Mm. And I didn't even know her. And she looked so young, I didn't even think she had kids. And she had four. Mm. And so in that instance, I feel like God spoke directly to me. It wasn't head knowledge. I had only met her for that one group. Other times, I do life with people. And I know with you and me, we kind of share what God is doing. And then when we come back around and see each other again in a few months, it's like, where are you? Mm -hmm. Are you working on that? So I think there's a relationship level to that where you you do know a little about their life and you can speak into it and call it out. And then, you know, just as a leader now at the church, as I'm meeting women, I just feel like God lights up things about women. Um, and sometimes we as women discount what we do. We discount what we know. We discount. I know I discounted my some of my experience as a volunteer in certain areas that I know have qualified me for my job now. And so I try to look for that in women. I try to see the things they've done and the places they want to go and maybe be that encouragement to get them there. I love that. And I want to hang out here just for a minute because I feel like, you know, it's basically champion, champion, champion. <laughs> we struggle with this word. We practiced. <laughs> oh, yes. Being a champion. Um Versus comparing. Yeah, empowering. Empowering women versus comparing. Because you see a lot of this comparison thing going on, especially with social media. And it's almost like believer or non-believer alike anymore. You're seeing women who, if I say you, you know, have a book deal going on, instead of me going, yay, Kendra, and excited for you, we all get insecure and go, oh, well, where's my book deal? Or, oh, where's my job promotion? You know, even though we may not always vocalize those things, when we think them internally, then our external expression represents, you know, what what gets in line with that. So do you still see much of that, the whole comparison thing going on, um, even, I guess, in some of the stuff you're doing? Or how how do we just make sure as women we're not doing the comparison thing? You know, I do see comparison, and I, I definitely see it in my own life. I know there are times I apologize for myself in certain areas, and then I wonder why I did it. And when I look back, the only reason I apologize that I was feeding my child Cheetos is because I'm comparing to the mom who's not. Mm, and I'm like, oh, I am who I am, mm-hmm. and it's okay, and I don't have to start my sentence with an apology. That's who I am. So I do think that still exists. I think for me, I naturally thrive on seeing other people's strengths that aren't my strengths Mm -hmm. because I want that. Yeah. I celebrate them. And then if they're kind enough, I want to come alongside. I want to see how they're doing it. I know I have friends who are amazing, amazing cooks and they make these amazing meals And I don't really feel a comparison. I more feel inspired. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, post those pictures because I need inspiration. I got nothing at home, nothing going on for dinner. Um, So I think if you can look at other people's strengths as a tool to inspire you, if you see, you know, workout pictures, you should look at that in a way that's going to inspire you, not make you feel bad about who you are. 
I love that because I recently, probably in the last year or two, got freedom in that area when it comes to hospitality and mm. actually one of our, the last, not the last episode, but one of the previous episodes I um, interviewed, uh, Jen Schmidt, she wrote, just opened the door and, and was all about hospitality and she really switched my thinking on hospitality, but I was shared with her in that episode and it goes along these same lines of how I always felt bad because I'm like, man... I can't throw a great big party where all the things match and mm-hmm. everything was made off of boards I saw on Pinterest. Like, that's just so not me. Mm-hmm. But what I used to do is then almost judge the women who mm. did the Pinterest-worthy parties. Right. Like, well, how would you take all that time and all that money, you know, in my <laughs> head thinking all these thoughts? Well, that's just lame. And now I realize... No, that's their gift. Like, let them take all their hours they want to because they're good at it. Right. And then I've learned to surround myself with people like that. Yeah. <laughs> Say, hey, I will provide the home if you'll come in and do all your amazing right. things. You know, and offer feel- a place for their gift. Yes, exactly like that. And yeah. so I feel like that's a great analogy even just in our world and mm-hmm. wherever you are, if you're in a church or a business or whatever, like, hey, I have the space for it. Now you come in and fill in the gaps with that gift rather than feeling threatened by or like you've got to compare or judge right. because we don't have that gift. So right. I love that. And I just wanted to hit on that mainly because I know, like I said, both you and I, <laughs> I know I personally would not be where I am today talking into this microphone right now. And it's actually funny. We're recording this <laughs> up at Gateway Church in the offices. And I, gosh, what has it been? At least eight years ago, it was the very first time I actually sat in these offices and had a pastor call something out of me as a leader and as a speaker. And I wanted to run and hide (laughs) and find the closest table and hide under it and say, you don't know me. I wasn't here. Let's just pretend this didn't happen. Um, But I did move forward reluctantly, gave Mm -hmm. my yes. And um, the Lord has continued to bless those yeses. Right. And so that's something else I know you're passionate about, about just the simple yeses, like yeah. how powerful they are. Do you want to elaborate on that at all? Yeah. So I, you know, when I talk to the ladies in the wild curriculum and we talk about writing, I didn't start with, I'm going to write a book. All I did was, I, honestly, it came from disobedience, not giving the word that I really felt like God put on my heart in person and writing it down, um, that simple yes turned into weekly yeses, and the weekly yeses turned into a book, and the book turned into me being uh, able to teach. So I do think little yeses that maybe feel insignificant or scary, no matter how small, um, are leading to something. God is just testing your ability to say yes and to be obedient, and as he realizes he can steward You can steward amazing things. He's just going to keep things coming. And it might scare you if he showed it to you all at one time. Mm -hmm. If I would have known, you know, 12, 15 years ago, hey, you have a project, you're going to write a devotional, I would have been physically ill. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't have showed up for life pretty much because I would have been scared. But to ask me to write one email to one lady, oh, yeah, I'd love to to bless one lady. It looks so simple Mm -hmm. when I'm just blessing one lady. And so I do think that saying yes to those things brings all kinds of rewards that would have been scary on the front side. Yeah. 
I love that. And you know what? I love that whenever um, I first got started too in saying yes mm-hmm. to things <laughs> is like the Lord would, you know, ask me to say yes. So lately though, he's had me in a season of learning how to say no. Mm. <laughs> oh. And um, because I turned into, oh, I'm always the yes lady, you know, and There's uh, a season for that. Yeah. And so I will say I've had to learn, okay, yeah, he, you know, it kind of depends on what your weakness is too, I think. Right. You know, have you always been a no person? Then he might be asking you to start saying some yeses right. and vice versa and then find the balance between the two and right. when it's him calling us to something and us just feeling like we have to yeah yeah definitely awesome well thank you so much um before we get off here i do want you to tell them you mentioned earlier but where can they find you online if they want to connect you so i am on facebook just as myself kendra hunt and i am on instagram and i believe my handle is kendra ann hunt and then I do have a blog, and it's www.kendraannwithane.com. Okay, yeah, and all that will be in the show notes, so you don't have to worry about writing it down. But in case you can remember and you want to hop on there, you can do that. But um, Kendra, thank you for thank sharing you. your heart. So and fun. Kendra is one of those people I just highly recommend you do follow along with her online because she's real, she's genuine, and she really will just inspire you to um, do that next yes. So. Um, we'll chat later. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Didn't you just love Kendra and all of her wisdom? She's one of those friends who I just absolutely adore getting around, and I'm excited that you guys got to meet her. Make sure you go ahead and follow her online on all those places. And as always, those places that you can find her online will be in the show notes. She's an excellent writer. I highly recommend you get her book. Have fun reading it. And If this podcast blessed you, please, as always, leave those iTunes reviews and more so just let us know what spoke to you. For people like Kendra and I, it just so blesses our socks off when we get some feedback that something that you heard us say that the Lord really said to you through us, it just helps us to keep going and to know that we heard the Lord and that we are making a difference in what we're doing. So let us know, leave those iTunes reviews so other people just like you can get this podcast delivered to them. And we will see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.